Hello and welcome to this episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm Alan. And I'm Katie. And we are still married. Guess what? What? It's just about the four-year anniversary of this podcast. We just graduated high school. Oh my gosh. Please tell me we're not doing like a master's degree or like a doctorate degree in this uh, in this space. Otherwise, otherwise known as how long it took me to graduate college. <laughs> the whole eight-year bachelor's degree? No. Mm. no. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We're still we'll rocking. Yeah. We're still walking. So uh, we've got a, a couple of things to talk about today. And we wanted to let you know kind of the happenings in 2021. Uh, pff, what year is it? 2022 uh, of what we have planned this year as we move forward. Cause we have quite a few, there's a few like little one liner uh, updates that we can make of a few events and whatnot that we're doing next week is exciting. We get to go to Northern California pending the world, not shutting down uh, to talk. Why don't we just talk about that right now? So if you live in the Sacramento area yeah. and you want to come to thrive with your spouse, if you're a mixed faith couple, if you're not a mixed faith couple and you still listen to us and you want to come to thrive, we are speaking for, you know, my favorite thing in the whole wide world. I'm just kidding. I actually really do like, uh, we, we have something prepared and so I'm excited to speak about it, but, uh, we are going to be speaking for an hour on Saturday. That's right. January 22nd. That's right. And so far, everything is a green light go. So we are still planning on being out there in Sacramento. So the the people who have put together this Thrive Conference, a lot of them are mixed faith. Yeah, so we kind of have an in there. So we assume that you're listening. Thanks for inviting us. We love all of you, especially you. And you, know, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're all special. You're all special. I'll just say that. If everyone's special, then no one is. (laughs) Uh, You know, this year we would love to um, do more interviews. We would love to bring you some high quality content. We had great, great interviews last year. We've been phoning it in for a a little while as far as the content goes. Low effort content. Well, we just need people to... We want other people to share their stories. Share their stories. So when you, if you're in the Facebook group, you, you get glimpses, not even glimpses, you get to see this. You see all these other cool stories. And I want to read one of them a little bit later in the episode. But if you would like to um, come on to the show, we have a few people in the wings waiting um, for this Calendly link to go up. But in the show notes, you will see a Calendly link. Uh, What nights of the week or night of the week are we offering currently? Single night, Thursday nights. Thursday nights. Mm -hmm. And typically starting at 7 p.m. Mountain is when we're available. So if you would like to tell your story, that is when to do it. And if you live like out on the East Coast or somewhere else where the time is a little bit dicey, you can just email us and we can we can work it out. But generally, we have blocked off Thursday nights to record. So it, uh, we will link in the show notes and on Facebook and everywhere else the Calendly link so that you can sign up to tell your story. And uh, likely, if you are a therapist uh, and you would like to talk about what you do and similarly uh, some tips and tricks and help for mixed faith couples. We'd love to have you on as well. So it doesn't have to just be couples wanting to tell their story. It could be in any capacity. The other thing, let's see another announcement, what we're looking forward to in 2022 is our retreat. Our ladies retreat is coming up on Saturday, 
um, February 5th, and we have a few spots. We've had a few people drop out because of weddings, and that's such a such a common thing. Oh, my kid's getting married, or my sister's getting married on that day, so we totally understand that that happens. I want to just ensure to anyone that is coming or thinking about coming that we are trying to do as much as we can to keep things COVID cautious and safe. We do ask that you're vaccinated or you get a negative result. We are going to go on the honor system and not ask you to show any of that when you get there. It's just trying to ensure that everyone's being cautious. And if you get to the retreat and you would like to socially distance or wear a mask, you are so welcome to do so. Uh, We have lots of space available, so that won't be a problem. And there are spots open, so you can go um, find the link to that as well. And we'd love to see you at the retreat. We're super excited about that, too. Now, (laughs) the next one, we're trying to get through these quick because we want to get to uh, the topics. uh, But we have our next workshop on a tightrope with Natasha Helfer that we're super excited about. Registration is currently open. And without really talking about it, we've already filled a number of spots. So this is our first kind of official, hey, everybody, you can go and, and sign up for it. What date are we starting on? On Sunday, February 26th. And so these are every single Sunday at 7 p.m. Mountain, and they run for 90 minutes. Yeah, 90 minutes to two hours. It yeah, just depends they, they on the Yeah, they kind of stretch based on the, the need and the questions that are being asked. But I, I think it's important. Let, let's talk a little bit about the structure of the class and what you can expect. The first 10 minutes of every single week, we invite everyone to share their cameras, and we play a random song on my Spotify, and we have a little dance party. <laughs> We call it Thera dancing. It's therapeutic dancing. Is that not? It's not not what we do. That's never happened. It hasn't. But uh, boy, oh boy, are we not adding that? Of course we are. No, uh, it, it is important to to, to call out the sh- the actual structure. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the actual structure of the course. Of the course. So, so oh, oops, you, you oops, go. Okay. Oh, you're cute. I'll, I'll go. So, what you can expect is you will have homework every week. I think that this may throw people off a little bit. So you have a like lesson for the week to watch, if you will. And then uh, after that lesson, there is homework assigned. And it's not like, what did, the, what did this teach you? It's all about now, how do we use this in our marriage? And yeah, what, it's putting it into practice. Yeah, we just put it into practice, and it's fairly simple. So our Sunday nights, generally speaking, are for those people who have lots of questions about the lesson, and then we break out into groups in the in the in, in the, the Zoom. Zoom, and then everyone can talk about how the homework that week went for them, and then we get back together and bring up any other questions or issues that came up during the homework. So it's a really interactive uh, deal. We do ask everyone to share their cameras. I think it's it's best because then it really allows you to get to know the other couples. And man, last session, I remember just one guy who who like brought the vulnerability in the first day, the first question. 
And it really set the tone for the entire time we were with each other because then people felt safe to share their hard things that are going on as well. And that's what we expect with every time we get together. Now, we've had sessions where people just um, don't feel comfortable sharing their camera, don't feel comfortable talking, which is fine as well. And they and they just watch um, the group sessions live. But it's really meant to be helpful environment for uh, both the couples and of course with Natasha with us. So we have that open. It starts February 26th. And if you sign up now, you get sex and intimacy um, included. So we that will makes give it give you the sex <laughs> that, that um, so it'll last through. Uh, let's see. I believe it's March. Tw- okay. Now let me look. February 27th. I'm sorry, I misspoke. It starts February 27th. Goes seven full weeks. And it ends April 10th, will be the last Sunday. So the Sunday before Easter is when it ends. If you can't be there live, you can watch after um, some of those playbacks. And this is really helpful for anyone that's in a mixed faith marriage. All of the content is, by the way, uh, not produced by us. It's This is content that Natasha Helfer has been um, working on and refining and fine-tuning over the course of a couple of decades. Uh, so it's, it's very useful uh, information. You have all the content at your disposal even after the seven weeks. You can download all of it and, and be able to refer back to it. Again, the dark, I almost said Trojan horse, but that's not the right term. The dark horse in this course are the other, other couples that you will meet. Uh, Katie and I, eh, we're all right. Natasha, incredible. But all that's expected. The unexpected charm of the course is hearing from other couples because instantly, like Katie mentioned with this one gentleman that, that shared at the beginning of the course, you feel like, oh, there are literally faces of 50 other people here that are going through very similar if not exactly the same thing that I am. So if you would like to sign up for the course, that uh, is in the show notes as well. And you can also find more details because we'll be posting on the Facebook group. If you have questions, you can email us at marriageontightrope at gmail.com. Yeah, it's a dot com. I don't know why I hesitated on that one. The link just so you want to, if you want it right now, it's marriageonatightrope.thinkific.com. Yes, and that's the link that you go to to sign up for the class. And it will be the active February class. Um, and, you know, uh, the other thing that we've been able to do in the past is we've been able to help couples who financially cannot afford to go through the course on their own. And so, you know, we've had people in the past do half scholarships, full scholarships, And we've been able to help a ton of couples. Well, they've been able to help a ton of couples go through this course. Right now, there is no waiting list for those scholarships. So you can feel free to uh, email us if the course is something that would be of need right now. But if you cannot quite afford the cost, let us know. And if you are in a position to, to donate scholarships, you can Venmo us at Marriage on a Tightrope. That is all one word, lowercase on Venmo. And just kind of tag that in the comments as scholarship. And that will go hundred percent to helping another couple go through the course. And I'll just tell you this, that we have had the privilege to understand why some of these couples can't financially afford it. And I'm telling you that it goes to people who need it most. And 
the cool thing is, is that they take advantage of it. And, um, time and time again, I, I see them try and pay it forward to other couples as well. So if you've been through the course and you want to pay it forward, um, you can donate to us and, uh, we will definitely use that scholarship money to help other couples. Yes, indeed. Do we have any other announcements before we get to the, the other stuff? That was a lot. That was a lot. We're trying to get through it quickly, people. Uh, okay, so I want to say one thing about our last episode <laughs> before we move on. I feel extremely bad about how you were portrayed in the last episode. And I've told you this, but... There were a lot of you who were super awesome, reached out to us and said, thank you, both of you for sharing. And I mean, it was a very positive interaction. There was some negative reactions and, and, and they were strong negative reactions. And I, I feel bad because I don't ever want to portray Ellen as the villain because he's not a villain. I'm not the villain either. Neither of us are the good or the bad. We're working through these hard, deep things. But, I mean, sending us emails or comments saying um, that we should, you know, follow our own paths or get divorced are just not helpful. And I have to say that there was one that kind of sent me for a loop. And I was kind of, I was just off for... A while, for a couple of days after we got it because I just I didn't know what to think or how to respond and I really had to do some detangling like is this true is what they're saying true and then also how do I really feel about it and so I'm sorry Alan if you felt the heat of you being the villain because that's not what I wanted it to be and I know too like in some of the Facebook comments people were very worried that Alan's TikTok channel was going to take what they said in our Facebook group and talk about it online. I want to make it clear that Alan does not do that. He does not take anything that any of us say, both me and um, you, the listener, and turn it into fodder for his TikTok channel. And so I'm sorry if, if that's... That must have been hard and hurtful. And I've had people come at me for lots of things, but never in this way to like say, wow, you're so right. And he is so wrong. And, you know, I'm Alan and I are always like team, whatever that couple is, right? We're like a fan and we're rooting for both of you. And so I think that most people feel like that, like they're rooting for both of us to both you know, feel the way we want to feel and say what we want to say, especially in this super vulnerable place where pff, nobody sees our marriage, right? We're sharing it with you, but we don't have to. Um, and I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, it's very thoughtful of you to say that. Um, I, I didn't feel I still, at no point did I feel like I was being made to be the bad guy. I think one thing, whether this is a personal fault of mine or this is a healthy way of thinking of it, is from the beginning of my transition away from the church 
and away from belief in general. Uh, I've, I've refused to accept that I am at a moral low ground and I, I just won't accept that. I don't feel like that's fair. I also don't feel like you try to put me in that position either. So this is not me pushing back against any way you've treated me at all, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of been my approach, uh, always because I, I feel like that is an unfair character characterization of, of the, the individual that, that leaves. And so when we get feedback like this, it's difficult because I won't be put into the position of, of feeling like I am, I have, I'm the one that is at a moral low ground or, uh, am the one that is flawed in some way at the same time. Like I want to be kind, compassionate, thoughtful of my, my spouse's feelings. So it's standing up for myself and my spouse at the same time. You put it well, we, we want to be team Mount in this situation, just like we want to be team Caldwell and team Richards and, and team Brown and all of the, the folks that we've met. We try not to take sides with, with any individual. We just want each of them to be able to express themselves and do so in a way that is, that is respectful. So the one email that you shared, uh, we don't go back and listen to our podcast very often. I mean, we recorded it, so we've listened to it as we're speaking it. But this one email that you're referring to, I did go back and listen to the whole episode. Like, what was this person hearing? And I listened and I, and I, I, I disagreed. <laughs> I listened to it. I'm like, no, I just don't. I have to say though, like I went back and listened to it as well. And I could, I give a lot of grace because I, I think like I could see why they feel the way they do. I also think that with anything that we have strong opinions about, a lot of it is our own self-projection onto someone else, you know. So any of the um, uh, hardships we've we've encountered or things that have happened to us, we will project that onto other people. When really it's just not the same. And but I, I mean, I have a lot of grace for people. It's okay. It's okay that they say the things they say. Sure. I just, it was just, it was just hard. It was hard. And so I wanted to clear the air that we're good. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. We, we got a, a few really worried um, messages from people, not just strangers, right? People that we know that Close listen. to us. Yeah. And they were like, oh my, oh my gosh, Katie, are you okay? That was really hard to listen to. I know. It and was so sweet of them too. It was. It's super, super nice. Uh, but we're good. We are good. Um, you know, something that is kind of tied to the mixed faith stuff is, and we talked about it a little bit last episode of 2022. What is a f- couple of your main goals? Katie? Oh yeah. Remember? Okay. Number one, I'm not going to make any decisions in 2022. Right. You're you're I've, I have, I suffer from decision fatigue and yeah. I'm, I'm done. And number two, I'm not going to make any decisions for anyone else. Right. And some of that is church related, right? Not going to force the kids. She didn't force our eight year old to be in the primary program, for example, even though that was before the new year. Right. Um, You had reached that fatigue. Next time when you set goals, can you make it clear that it's right at January 1st? You got to set that. You're not allowed to improve yourself unless it's tied to that date. Just kidding. Well, it just felt, it felt like the right time to shift. Yeah. And, and something that I've 
I've recognized, and this is more of a, hopefully everyone listening, whether you're mixed faith or not, can appreciate this, but we shared on the last episode that uh, this decision fatigue and the, the, the need for things to change, I was really hesitant about, specifically about the, the speaking, I think that was a couple episodes ago, speaking about religion. No, 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 that was last episode. That I was really worried that would be difficult and harmful to our relationship, that the intimacy would, would suffer. Uh, and it's been almost a month since that episode came out. And I stand here corrected that some of the boundaries that we've set have been really healthy. Uh, we don't... Wait, are you saying I was right? I'm not afraid to say you were right. <laughs> and completely aside from mixed faith, the the uh, decision fatigue, right? Where now I've been the one to make some decisions. That's also, I mean, honestly, it's kind of empowered me to feel like I can speak up and not just be along for the ride. Where you in the past have loved control. I have. And I am the youngest of six and I'm used to just going along with the flow. So like that worked for quite some time. Mm -hmm. But uh, when you voice like this is no longer working for me, I didn't, I didn't take it as a criticism. And this is credit to you because I think you expressed it very eloquently. I didn't take this as a criticism of me not wanting to help. It was just, this is not working. And I've just found it in the last month, very helpful for me to uh, just take charge in little stupid ways, like catching myself asking you what you want for dinner <laughs> and then saying, oh, nope, nope, don't answer that. I'm just, <laughs> this is what I'm making. Like, this is what I'm, or this is where we're going to go. Yeah. We went out to, uh, to dinner with a couple last weekend and the natural thing is, hey, Katie, what do you feel like? And it's like, no. Instead, I went to her, not, I'm not wanting to not take into account what she what she's feeling or wanting but i said hey let's go to this sushi place and if you don't want to you'll say "Eh, i'm not feeling sushi be like great and then boom you don't have to make that decision it's been made already and if you didn't want to do it you'll tell me yeah so you know it's funny because when you get married you're it's almost like you're I married i don't know where i saw this but it's like you're marrying a snapshot of yourself in that during that time and the snapshots of ourselves when we first got married are so different than who we are now and i think that uh you can get into a rut where you just expect everything to be the same you expect it to go the same way you fall into you know your own roles in different ways because either one you chose that way or two it kind of naturally falls to that, okay? And Alan and I are at this sort of impasse, both spiritually and just in our relationship, that we feel like we uh, need to change the way we've been doing the snapshot. And it's got to be a new snapshot because it's just not working for us. And so I'm glad to hear you say that, you know, the boundaries we put into place have been good. I feel like they've been really helpful, at least for me. And um, we've been able to kind of just move forward with that, knowing that, you know, if we kick it down the road a little longer, maybe we'll want to change again. But that's the beauty of it, you guys. It's uh, change is inevitable. So 
Yeah, you're you're going to be someone different at the age of 40 than you are at the age of 20, whether you change your faith or not. So not changing how you approach your marriage between those two, two different ages Decades. Is, is stupid. It is. It, it's stupid. It it's is. It's foolish. It's dangerous. And, you know, just one thing I like about, I'm going to call back to the course. One thing I really like about the course is it really digs into... Uh, you who you are today, where your relationship is out at today. There are some really great and sometimes painful exercises that we have you do that tells you, hey, things are not working in this area, but things are good in this other area. And how do you even discuss that? Like if you aren't talking. So this is just another plug for the course. Um, you know. I avoided talking about this for a long time and it wasn't until I embraced it and, you know, we decided, Hey, things are bad. It's like not wanting to know a diagnosis (laughs) really. Right. It's like you're feeling it internally, but you're not able to speak it externally. And because of that, it's slowly killing you inside. And you know, your, your relationship is no better if you just keep it in. Anyway, okay, off our soapbox about that. Uh, Alan, I have a question for you. Oh, boy. What do you want out of 2022 for your own personal growth? <laughs> oh, so... Uh, Clearly, I didn't prep Alan by, before I asked. No, you did not. But, I mean, I'll, I won't belabor this, this point. Um, however... It goes back a little bit to what I've already said on the previous topic. Like 2022 for me, I I I do want to continue in the kind of grabbing hold of my own path, if that makes sense, um, and the path of this family as well. Um, so some of that is, is speaking up and having opinions. I think opinions is going to be a key theme for me in 2022. Would you say that's your word for, of the year? Opinions? opinions? Opinionated. Opinionated can be mm, misconstrued as negative. Mm-hmm. But it may seem weird for for folks that don't live in our house, which is everyone but six people <laughs> in this house, that when Alan needs to have more opinions, oh my gosh, he's so vocal. In our own home, I have been very much just go along with things. So I, I, that is a big thing for me in my personal growth is to have an opinion on, on items. Obviously I'm opinionated on this topic of the podcast and religion and whatnot, but I'm talking everything else of where should we go this summer for vacation? We've been, this is a big one. Where this should we go for summer vacation? Um, cause we're not going to do our usual Georgia trip. Um, what are we going to do for, uh, buying the next vehicle and our son turns 16 and just having an opinion and doing, doing those types of things is something that, that is, is big in, in 2022 for me. And I don't want to put off the idea that I have like pushed you down every time you've made an, like an opinion. No, not every time. I'm kidding. (laughs) Gosh, we're going to fight on air again. No. uh, But for the most part, you just don't care. I'm pretty ambivalent. I'm right. pretty just like, sure, meh, it's okay, whatever. And I'm kind of the type A, take charge, Yeah, a little bit like your dad. Yeah, I married my father. 
quote me on that. Soundbite. Uh, Cut and repost that one. Right. Uh, so I, I've been thinking about this as well. And my goal for 2022, actually my word of the year is quality. So everything that happens in my life, I want it to be of quality. Quality time with my kids and with you, which means not being on my phone, which means giving my attention to them. Quality in the way I spend my free time. Quality time with myself. You know, quality products that come into our home. Is this make is this gonna make a difference? Is it junk? <laughs> I mean, I've spent the last month kind of just getting rid of everything and um, also, you know, quality in the way I want to serve other people. And one thing I've noticed is we haven't been to church and I'll get to that in a minute, but we really haven't been to the church to church in the last couple of weeks and it's been really hard for me. I actually am not I I have a hard time being like not having that, which was very, it's very surprising to me. Like me feeling like I really miss not being there. Some of it was being out of town and vacation and the holidays. And some of that was (laughs) just, we've switched to a a. 9am and um, have not gotten up to go. (laughs) So I'll be totally honest about it. Uh, Well, we, like the first Sunday of the year, just sat down with the kids and I said, what do you want to do? Because I'm not making this decision for you. And I was actually genuinely surprised by their answers. I asked my boys if they wanted to do the priesthood advancement thing. And they asked, what's the significance of doing priesthood advancement? Which was a good question. And I said, you know, it's kind of like leveling up until you get to the Melchizedek priesthood, which allows you to do things like blessings. um, And it's what you need when you go on a mission and my son is super smart. And one of my kids, what did he say? Yeah. He said in front of, you know, the whole family, he had the courage to say, why mom, you know, mom and dad, if I don't believe this, I probably shouldn't be going to go convince other people to believe this. So it was his way of saying like, I don't, why would I go on a mission if I don't believe this? Why would I level up? Why would I level up? He's he's playing a different game. He, he's not trying to level up in this game anymore. No. But they both voiced that they still love going to young men's activities. And occasionally they want to go to church. And occasionally they'd like to go young men's at church. And so we said, great. And then we asked our little ones. And <laughs> it was really funny. One of them. Just like reversed. Yeah. One of them wants to be at primary, but doesn't want to be in sacrament. And the other one wants to go to sacrament and not go to primary. And I'm like, okay, guys, if you're going to come with me, we're going to just be there and do it. So I thought that was funny. But we also had to talk, have the tough conversation about baptism. Because now our daughter is almost 10 in April and our son's 8. And what do we do about their baptism? So we had a conversation about it. And our daughter has been notoriously... Um, like strong in the fact that she does not want to decide who who baptize her she does want to get baptized that was her words not mine and our son does too but they both actually our son picked someone my brother-in-law but our daughter doesn't want to pick 
And she says she feels more comfortable with me picking who baptizes her than her. And that was hard for you, Alan. It was hard for me, too. I think that it's it's some mixed emotions for sure. But turns out that they're going to be baptized in April. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> for now. For now. For now. The plan is that they're both getting baptized in April. Yeah. Again, I'm not going to force if she breaks down and she can't do it or whatever. Obviously, I'm I'm not forcing anyone. This is going to be 100% them and we'll support them either way. And and we had a you and I had a difficult conversation that evening. Yes, we did. Because you know, my daughter has a really hard time making decisions. And I'm not I'm not talking about big decisions. I'm talking about I can't decide what snack I'm going to eat. I can't decide what I want to do. Like she can't make she constantly asks me to make decisions for her. She doesn't she doesn't want to do it. Doesn't want to do it. And so Alan on your side, what does it feel like? Well, it, it it's I mean, I express that it's a little frustrating that or at least maybe not even frustrating is enough of an emotion to express. But it is at least I feel like we should acknowledge that there's something askew about if she's unable to make those decisions, why is the default to do it, to get baptized? It, it's, I, again, I, I think I try to express in that conversation that I'm not worried about her being baptized personally. I don't feel, because I see how we talk about and allow our children, like we've discussed here, to make their own decisions and how we talk about uh, the church in our own home that I'm not concerned her being baptized is the path to her letting any of the, in my opinion, uh, potentially harmful aspects of the church to sink in with her. Guilt, shame, that I'm, that's what I'm thinking about. Also, uh, thinking non-believers, including her father, are less than. I don't feel like she'll ever feel that. No. Uh, because that's just not how we've treated it from a very young age for her. And so... So you came at me. Well, I said that. <laughs> I said that, uh, that I'm not worried about it. And at the same time, she's not making this decision. It, it is being thrown at her from, from every direction. Um, asking her what, why she wants to be baptized. Her responses have been varied from everything from, well, that's what everyone else is doing. To, to Jesus to, did it. I don't know. To yeah, it, she she mentions everything, and so for for the conversation at night, and I I did apologize the next morning. Is I felt I went a little bit too strong at you, Katie, when I talking about it. Said, you know, if you keep bringing it bringing it up, um, and in quotations, keep bringing it up, uh as though it's going to happen like is she really making that choice and i i didn't mean to make it about you and i felt bad and the next day apologized and really the short of what i was trying to say is i'm not worried about her being baptized but let's not pretend that well, but i'm not going to pretend i'm not forcing you to 
<laughs> to accept this as the reality. But I'm not going to pretend that eight years old is old enough to understand what this decision is and that she's making this decision. I mean, she's almost 10 and she doesn't, I, I still feel the same way. I just don't feel like this is an age that should be making that decision. But again, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, and I appreciated your apology to me because I did feel like I was being attacked a little bit when you kept saying like, well, you're bringing it up every time you bring it up. But I I haven't, I don't bring it up often. I bring it up when we we really like have a decision to make. And that's every like three to four months. So it's not like I'm on the nightly going into her room and talking to her about it. You know what I mean? And I mean, I'm glad that you apologized to me too because I felt like I had you know, was pushing her, but I, I really haven't. And I kind of think that her indecision or her, her decision to ask me to make the decision of who does it was a decision. Like, I, I think that that is her way because she, that's how she is. She just has me make lots of decisions for her all the time. So I don't know. It's dicey. I know a lot of you are in the same boat and, you know, it's, it's hard. And, you know, this year, I don't know if any of you have seen on social media, people are like posting like their 10 year time hop and they're posting like, Oh, Hey, this is where we were 10 years ago. And here we are today. And I, I look at my 10 year time hop and especially this weekend, I was feeling really down. I was feeling like the loss and I, I'm going to just speak for myself. I know that Alan speak feels the loss as well in so many ways of his community and just how things have turned out. And at the same time, I as well feel lost. Like, like what, like, where are we now where my like son is getting up and making himself coffee in the morning like that? I, it's so hard for me to like, look at 10 years ago and then not have some, a little bit of sadness just of, surrounding, you know, where we are today, because, you know, while there there has been so much gained, and there really has been, there also is still that sort of sense of, like, how did I get here? (laughs) And I think that that's on both sides. Yeah, and obviously, I'm not feeling the same, the same reasons for, for the, how did we get here? Um, I, I think that there's the coffee example is I'm like, look, as long as we understand the impacts of coffee and teenagers and we're abiding by health experts opinions there, I'm not worried about it and it doesn't bother me. And that that's taken me some time, even, even as a non-believer to kind of deprogram from feeling like coffee is bad, 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 uh, for me personally. So I think some of the things that I understand why you would feel sadness over, I don't feel the same sadness for the same reasons. Right. So for for me, I I more look at <laughs> the sadness of 10 years ago to today. And I wouldn't even call it sadness, but I look at problems to solve in our current situation. A son that's really struggling with school is like the top of my list. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not the top of your list. It it absolutely is. But the, the more time that goes, uh, that goes on, I'm not express, I'm not experiencing 
uh, sadness, as much sadness and trauma with, with faith-based changes from 10 years ago to today. I'm more experiencing just the natural, we have teenagers now, and that presents different challenges than, than we've ever experienced before. Cause our oldest is, is 15 and he's not five anymore. And that's every parent has to deal with that. Yeah. Everyone does. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm at is, uh, I want to recognize that, that your reasons for being sad are, are valid and I may not experience them myself. Uh, but, but I want to help you through that. And and recognize you need to help yourself through that too. Yeah, and I, I really, it's. I think at the beginning it was a, a sense of loss over and over and over again, and it's it's not that way now. It's few and far in between, but it it definitely comes. That's in like little waves of grief when you realize that just things are not the same as they used to be. So that's okay to feel those things, and even like have those feelings for a weekend and then kind of pull yourself out of it and keep going. Cause there's lots of good things that are happen. And one of those good things, um, was in a Facebook post that was made in our group. And Alan, you said you wanted to read it. Yeah. I thought we would cap off this episode by not focusing on ourselves and yeah. just reading a, a post. And I thought this was, this was really sweet. Uh, we didn't ask this individual for permission, so I won't read her name. Uh, but I will read the post now and you can go and see the great comments. It's a lot of engagement as well. People really appreciated this post. She said, I've never felt more love than a week ago when my ABM husband, that's active active believing (laughs) member husband told me he thought I should leave the church. I have struggled with the church since going through the temple 20 years ago. And I have spent the past two years trying to crawl out of my faith crisis slash expansion slash transition and come to a place of peace. Last Tuesday night, two of my boys were ordained by my husband, and due to a lot of issues too complex to go into, it it devastated me. I sat in the car and sobbed and sobbed. My husband sat with me and finally said, I hate seeing you in this much pain. You've been in so much pain for so long because of the church. I think it's time for you to step away. In 20 years of marriage, I have never felt so seen, so accepted, and so loved. My husband chose to advocate for me in a moment in which I couldn't advocate for myself. He chose to put his love for me and desire for me to be at peace above his own desires to have me in the church. It meant everything to me. As a post member, I'd like to thank all of the active believing members out there who similarly hold their spouses in their pain and support them in the way they need. This journey is seldom simple or easy, but it can certainly show the beautiful and not so beautiful sides of love at times. Thank you. That was the post that I wanted to share. It's a good I way think to that, cap it off. <laughs> it is. It's it's a a great reminder that this can happen again. This is just one example from a a post member of how the believing member can support them, and it goes both ways. It does. You, you're going to find yourselves in situations where that's needed continually, even after mixed faith isn't a problem for you or a continual reminder of the pain for you in your relationship. Just supporting your spouse. Thank you all for sticking with us for 45 minutes of this episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. We hope to see you again very, very soon. If you would like to share your story with us, you can email us at marriageonatightrope at gmail.com. Don't forget to join the Facebook group. And 
If you would like to share your own story with everyone else that listens to this podcast, I think our last episode had 2.9 billion listeners. <laughs> if you want to share it with that wide of an audience, you can go to the link in Calendly within the show notes and sign up to, to share your story. Thank you so much, and we will love you. We're going to see that it was better that we grew up together. Tell me you don't want to leave Cause if change is what you need You can change right next to me When you're high I'll take the lows You can ebb and I can flow We'll take it slow And grow as we go